My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 4th of May. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. May the 4th be with you. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. The countdown is on until we have in our hands the next federal budget. And this is going to be a particularly important one. With a relatively new government amidst a cost of living crisis, the budget will show us what the government is prioritising and how they plan to spend our taxpayer money. TDA journalist Tom Crowley will be joining us in today's deep dive to tell us what we need to know ahead of next week's budget. But first, Sam, what is making headlines this morning? The opening of the Snowy 2.0 Renewable Energy Project has been delayed by up to two years. The delay is due to challenges in the global economic market, as well as the impact of COVID and other challenges. The project was initially expected to be completed in 2026 and is a key project in Australia's renewable energy transition. The Northern Territory Government has confirmed the Beedaloo Basin project in the NT will go ahead. The project will use a gas production method that's called fracking and it comes after a ban on fracking was lifted in the NT to actually facilitate this project. Chief Minister Natasha Files has said that fracking in the Beedaloo Basin wouldn't come at a cost to Territorians. Some huge news from the AFL world yesterday. Tasmania's first AFL club will become the league's 19th team. The new team was supported by all 18 existing AFL clubs and included a licence to play in the AFLW. It comes after the Tasmanian government secured crucial funding from the federal government for a new stadium in Hobart. Tasmanian Premier Jeremy Rockliffe called it a proud and groundbreaking moment in their history. The men's team is expected to enter the AFL in the 2028 season. And the good news, a German zoo has welcomed its first baby polar bear in 21 years. The polar bear was born back in December and was the first since its mother Victoria was born. We're only finding out about this now because the polar bears have spent their first few months together completely undisturbed in their cave, with the zoo saying the baby polar bear looks healthy, lively and alert and that breeding efforts for the endangered species is paying off. Tom, welcome back to the pod. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Sarah. It's good to be here. On a scale of 1 to 10, Tom, how excited are you for the budget? Oh, I couldn't put a number on my love for the budget, Zara. It it knows no bounds. Look, I know budget weeks are not exactly everyone's favourite thing, even though they are mine. Or um, even most people. Well, look, true. I, I definitely care about budgets more than the typical member of the population. But, you know, budgets budgets matter. Um, budgets are a really important week. I think I, I would say that if you pick one night of the year to really pay attention to politics, budget night's the one that you would pick. That's a you big just call. Get a, Why do you say that? 
you get an update on everything. So that there's so many little bits and pieces in a budget. It's an opportunity for the government to tell us how they're updating, you know, spending on just about anything that has dollars and cents attached. And that's so many different aspects of government policy, a particular medicine, whatever. There are so many different parts to the budget. Um, but the big picture really matters as well. It's, I think, the best chance that we get to do a bit of a performance appraisal of our government, get a sense of the direction that they're heading in, in a big picture sense. And I think if you were ever going to pick a budget to really pay attention to, it'd be this one, because you've got a new government, this is their second budget, but I guess it's kind of their first budget with the training wheels off. Uh, and it, it really is a chance for them to set up the kind of government that they want to be. It's a difficult time to navigate. We've got a cost of living crisis. We also have some difficult pressures on the budget, which we'll come to in a moment. It means the government has a bit of a balancing act between, I guess, its ambition to do a whole bunch of different things and some harsher economic realities. So it's a really, really interesting challenge for the new government and one that, yeah, I think I am actually even more excited than I always am for budgets, Sarah. This is a big one. <laughs> I think it makes sense when you explain the context in which this budget is being handed down. And I guess a, a big part of budget night comes down to two words. It's surplus or deficit. Tom, what do you think the feeling is going into this budget? Yes, sur surplus and deficit are the two words that uh, probably put many people to sleep when they hear them. They are important. I guess I spoke at the beginning about how the budget has a whole bunch of little small picture things that add up to one big picture. Well, surplus and deficit are really the, the big picture. They are this question of how much is the government spending and raising overall. And right now we are spending more than we take in tax, which means that we are in a deficit. So in 2022-23, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, the government is spending $650 billion. Then on the other side of the ledger, the government is raising $607 billion in tax. So $650, $607. And about half of that comes from individuals, so from the income tax that we pay, some of it comes from companies. There's, again, a variety of different sources that the government raises its money. But I guess the key thing there is 650 is a bigger number than 607. Our budget is in deficit and it's been that way for about 15 years and it's expected to continue to be that way. And the way that you fill that gap when you're in a deficit, you're spending more than you're taking up in tax. You fill that gap by borrowing money, by taking on debt. And Australia, I mean, every government in the world has some debt. Australia currently has about a trillion and has been taking on significant amounts in recent years. Now, a trillion is a big, scary sounding number. It doesn't mean a heap. The, the most important number really is how much interest you have to pay when you, when you repay that money. And that answer at the moment, we're paying about $14 billion a year. So if, I guess if you go back 14 out of 650, it's a small chunk that we, we're paying for our debt but it's getting bigger and bigger. The cost of our debt is becoming more expensive. So that's a really important bit of context for, for this budget. I wouldn't want to guess how many zeros are in a trillion because I haven't done maths in a long time. But when I hear numbers like that, it can be scary. But I guess on the flip side of that, the government needs money to be able to do things to help people and build things and, you know, whatever else the government is doing. So how much of a problem is this debt? I think I'd say it's a looming problem. Debt's not a dirty word, right? So, so again, I said before, like literally every government in the world has some debt at all times. That's just kind of the way it works. And 
it's a I, when you think about a business. I mean, you're a business owner, Zara. The phrase you got to spend mm-hmm. money to make money is mm-hmm. kind of the same principle that the governments use, right? So, so you w- when you take on debt, you're unlocking the ability to spend a little bit more today. And if you spend that wisely in ways that grow your business, grow grow an economy, then it's no problem repaying that in future with interest. So, so debt can be really useful if it helps to make a country richer. And a country like Australia, which is already a very wealthy country, has generally a pretty good reputation. We can borrow fairly cheaply, you know, with fairly low interest. Debt is a really useful tool. In, in, in a sense, we would be leaving money on the table if we didn't have any debt. But again, the question comes back to, well, how expensive is, is the interest on that debt? And I think the looming problem is when we have 15 years where we've been taking on more and more, and when you look ahead and there's heaps and heaps more pressure to keep spending on a whole bunch of different things, then that might start to build up to a problem. So we're getting older, we're living longer, that's wonderful, but it means that our healthcare and our aged care needs are greater. They cost more money. We are starting as a, as a country, as a society, to look to things that we didn't used to have, like disability care, more support for childcare, nuclear-powered submarines, various things that for various reasons governments and public have decided that we want to spend money on. There are all of these pressures. And so at some point, if our answer to pay for all of those things continues to be debt, then that cost will start to become more difficult to bear and put a a bigger burden on future taxpayers. I think that when you set it out in those conceptual terms, it all makes sense and it clearly is a balancing act. But then when you're back in reality and the fact that we are facing a cost of living crisis and that, you know, people are struggling to get by, when they hear that, are they hearing that the government is then going to cut spending? Is, Is that what follows? Well, that's a really interesting question that will be answered this week. And I think the message that the government has given is that they aren't, to use their word, that they aren't going to be as generous as they would like to be. I think um, it was sort of best summed up by Katie Gallagher, the finance minister, a month ago, who sort of said in an interview, I have a heart, but I also have a hard edge. I think those mm-hmm. are the two kind of narratives that the government is trying to to play off. How do you appear hard-edged without appearing hard-hearted at the same time. Great quote. And it's going to be really fascinating to see exactly what that looks like in their minds. So, for example, heaps of pressure, as we've talked about on the podcast before, to increase the job seeker unemployment payment. Currently, that's under $50 a day for a single person with no kids. It's fallen well below the poverty line. The government's own expert panel called for a significant increase. We're not going to get that, the government has said, but um, there's some suggestion that we might get sort of an increase for older Australians only. There might be some other things like power bill relief, uh, cheaper medicine, something that was discussed on the pod last week, Uh, maybe some sort of support for renters. There are a few things the government has signalled it will consider but clearly has been downplaying the amount of support it intends to give in this broader budget context. Tom, when you first started uh, working at the Daily Oz, you told me something, and I hope I'm not misquoting it here, um, about the difference between uh, when there's an M and a B in an announcement. Can you take our whole audience through what you taught me about the difference between millions and billions in a budget announcement? So so uh, my, my M and B rule is when you're looking at numbers on budget night, and there are plenty of them, if it's a million, that's a small number, and if it's a billion, that's a big number. That just gives you some context because all these aliens and aliens can be a little bit difficult to put into any context 
So that's my neat little rule of thumb. I'd forgotten that I said that to you, Zara, but there you hmm. go. Um, but I guess that that is a broader invitation to say that budgets are, you know, there will be so many different little headlines on budget night. Uh, there will be, I guess, if you like, a shopping list of all the different things the government is spending its money on, some millions and some billions. But there's also a bigger picture. And I think one of the hardest things on budget night, but also one of the reasons why budget night I think is a really important night is because, yeah, you see all these little things on the shopping list, but you can also step back and view the budget as a whole. As I said at the beginning of the pod, I think budget night's a really important night and my advice would be you know, there will be a lot of expectation management and a lot of a flurry of words and language from the government. I would say step back and try and view the budget as a whole and, and look at these questions about overall which, which direction is the government seeking to take us. I think that's very good advice. I mean, I've been around politics for a number of years and budgets still terrify me and seeing that many numbers on, on a page still terrifies me. So I'm lucky to have someone like you around who can make sense of it all and somehow uh, both digest it yourself and then tell all of us what we need to know. Um, and you're going to be doing that next Wednesday for us. So the budget's on Tuesday night and then uh, we'll be debriefing next Wednesday with you about what we've learned from the budget, you know, how the government has gone and so I guess a call out to anybody listening, if there is anything that you want Tom to explain before that time, we have got time and you can slide into our DMs and let us know uh, what you want to learn more about and what you're expecting from the budget. Tom, thanks for joining us today and look forward to chatting next week. Thanks, Sarah. Looking forward to it. Should be a big week. Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz this morning. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.